Well, hey, Stockholm community, church family, I am so excited to be with you here in our gathering today. Thanks so much for, for joining. And uh, I want to first off just by telling you how amazing your pastors are. We love Pastor Brandon and Angela Conis so much, and you are so very honored and so very blessed that they are the ones who are leading the church and, and are your pastors, and they're great friends of ours. I'm so excited to get to see Pastor Brandon in a couple months here as he travels to visit with us, but it's an honor to get to share with you today and be speaking in your series entitled Rooted. Uh, you know, when we hear the word rooted, I don't know about you, but I am I'm just drawn to thinking about a tree. You know, um, trees have these massive root systems. In fact, I remember in science class, uh, a teacher telling us one time that, the, uh, that you can imagine when you look at a tree and you see all of its branches and its limbs, that what is below the surface is a mirror image of what you can see above the surface, that those roots are just like massive branches that are spreading out. And we know that, that they're so very important. Roots are so important to a tree because they provide stability. They're important to a tree because they provide uh, the, the nutrients and the sustenance that a tree needs to thrive and to grow. And so I wanna encourage you uh, to think about um, that tree and those roots of a tree and how similar they are to our lives. In fact, I, there's a very popular uh, psalm in, that talks about just as a tree is planted by water and it yields its fruit in due season, uh, that it says it's like a parallel for us, that we need to be like a tree that's planted, uh, being in God's house, continually being in God's word so that we also can bear fruit in our lives. And so I wanna encourage you today to, to really bloom where you're planted, right? To, to stay rooted, to stay grounded and be determined to grow. Being in church is so very important. In fact, it was my pastor, Kevin Ward, who always would say this, you are your best you when you're in God's house. And you know what, I, I've, now as a pastor, almost 21 years, I've seen that played out so much. I've watched people walk away from church and watched our lives fall apart. Uh, but I've also seen people lean into church and lean into God and lean into community and really begin to see their, their lives thrive and begin to grow. And I love being in God's house every week. I love being able to be here with you today. And uh, I also know that there's so much more to community than just coming and being in a gathering, especially when you take into consideration that at least here in America, the number of times a person is in church, they tell us is 1.9 times per, per month. And you know what, you can't really do a lot uh, when it comes to like one hour uh, or, you know, every other week. Um, I, you know, I was thinking about this, um, if your kids are in sports, um, how good can they be? Uh, how much will they grow in sport in their sporting activity if they're only at practice for an hour once every other week or at most two times a month? Uh, if your student is involved in any kind of instrument, violin or piano or you name it, how good can they really be if they only practice an hour or two at the most every single month? That's why, you know, I, sure, you can practice on your own, uh, and that's why my wife Kate and I, we hear that tuba upstairs and our son practicing uh, quite often in his bedroom, but there's still something about repetition and consistency when we, when we meet together because there's some things that happen in community that we can't get 
ourselves. So we have to stay rooted and grounded and connected to our, our community of faith. It's why the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, not only do we need to be meeting together, but in the day that's approaching, that word there in the text is actually a capital D. And what it's letting us know is, is that there's a day coming for the return of Christ. And the writer says we need to, because that day is coming, we need to be meeting together even that much more. And I know that when I was, I was growing up, I was involved in many sporting activities and my, my parents were amazing, right? Like, I don't even know how my parents did it because we literally, there were two of us boys and we were constantly going from baseball to soccer to basketball to baseball and just season after season, year after year. And uh, I don't know how they did it, all these practices, all these games. And, um, and yet one thing my parents, I'm so thankful for that they instilled in in my life was that church always came first. And so, yes, we went and we did those sporting events like every kid. I had tournaments throughout the weekend, especially in the summer, and many of those games would fall on Sundays. And we would go to those, but we would go after church was over. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the example my parents set for me. I, I'm, sometimes I showed up to a game and it, I, was, I was showing up in the middle of the game. Sometimes I missed a game, but was still able to make the tournament and be there for the whole tournament. Um, but I'm so thankful that my parents set this example for me because I played baseball for 12 years, but I've been serving Jesus now for the last 37. I'm so thankful for the example that they showed me and helping me prioritize what matters most. And it's interesting that, yeah, I have some great memories of what happened on the baseball field or what, you know, celebrating birthdays in the dugout. Um, but, you know, most of my meaningful moments in my life happened around my church community being in Bible quiz, going to youth camp, things that happened in my youth group. And so it's why I fell in love with the church. It's why I felt called at a young age to serve the church with my life. And I've been doing so now for the past 21 plus years. And that doesn't mean that your kids have to decide to go into full-time vocational ministry or go on the mission field or be a youth pastor, a kids pastor, or a church planter in order to, to, to really love Jesus. But I, I think the, the, the truth is that we all want our kids to grow up to love the church because ultimately the church is the people. And so today, you know, there's, there's this pressure as parents for us to have our children involved in so many things. But I just want to insert this thought. And again, this is, this is my opinion. But, you know, one of our roles as parents is to help fight for our kids to have some margin in their lives to be kids. Just to be kids. And, uh, and there are so many things that are pushing and pulling on our kids today. And you know what? It, they're not even waiting for our kids to be old enough to have a driver's license or to graduate high school. It's happening right now to our fifth, sixth, and seventh grade kids, right? Like they're, they're really um, being encouraged to, to be so uh, focused on other things. Um, but you know what? One of the best things that we can do as moms and dads who love Jesus uh, is to teach them a rhythm of community, of faith, and being rooted. And, uh, and I believe that'll help our kids and it'll definitely help our families. And so what I want us to do today and what I've been tasked with today is talking about community. And why is community so important? What does, what does it produce in our lives that we can't accomplish on 
our own. And that's what I want us to look at today. If you have a Bible and you want to open it, we're going to be for just a few moments in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, we're going to start today really with the why. And so let's take a look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12 says this, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we are all given the one spirit to drink. Verse 14 says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. It would uh, and, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are a, a part of the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Let's pray today. God, we thank you for our time together that we can look at your word and we can be challenged, God, and, and grow Lord, and I just ask that this, this time together would be so powerful. You would speak to our hearts that we would be able to see, Lord, that we have something to bring to the body of Christ and that the body of Christ is of such value to us. God, would you speak to us? Would you grow us, Lord, and, and help us, Father, to, to see what you're calling us to and, and where you've placed us in the body of Christ and how we can make a difference. God, and we just love you and thank you so much. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, after reading this passage, really the two words that stuck out the most to me were the, the words body and the word part, right? Or another translation says members. And, and when we think about things that have bodies, I can't help but think about a body of water, right? We, we talk about the, this, this thing called a body of water, and the reality is, is that there are different parts of the body of water, right? There's the open open part that uh, people ski in and tube in, and it's the big open part of the water. But also we know that there are coastlines, right? There are tributaries, there are offshoots to, to the, the water, uh, and there are channels, right? And so we know that all of that though is what makes up the body of water, right? In the same way, an organization uh, may actually uh, assemble together, might be called a body, right? like a student body or a decision-making body. And this group is made up of individuals or parts, but together collectively, they are the body, right? And so, and then also Paul now in our text, 
he gives us this example of the human body, right? And he talks about how um, we are a part of that. And, uh, and so I, I know this, a part that is not connected to the body, it's not a good thing because then that means you're dismembered, right? And if you don't have uh, an arm, it's dismembered. It's not a part of your body. But the reality is, is that we are all a part of the body of Christ. And because of that, there's several beneficial things that happen when we are a member and um, place an importance on staying connected. And so that's what I want us to look at today. The first benefit I want to point out is that when we choose to be in community together, then we're supported. Now, I, I want you to know, I almost said that we're safe. And, uh, you know, I thought, I, I was, I rethought that a little bit. I was like, that's not really a good use of words because Sometimes we actually, as we are a part of a body of Christ, the loving, healthy body of Christ, uh, there may be some ways in our lives that we're challenged and that people speak into our lives in a way that, that's helpful for us. And it may not feel safe, but it's good, right? At the same time, I also want us to know that when we're in an unhealthy environment, whether it's a church or anywhere else that we're a member of and uh, there's a body that takes place, um, Sometimes I recognize that it's not always a safe experience that we have. Uh, and, and so what I didn't want to do today was dismiss any past hurt that you've experienced. Um, and so I know today there are people that are probably uh, here in this gathering that uh, you've, you've had different types of experiences in church uh, and you've experienced pain, you've experienced hurt. And I just want to take a moment and, uh, and say to you uh, that I just want to honor the fact that you're here today and that you see something of value in being a part of the body so much that you would step back into, um, into a church and, and tr learn to trust again and, and grow. And I, and I want to honor that. So I didn't want to downplay that at all. Um, and uh, and, I, and like I said, I want to honor that. I once uh, heard someone say that you wouldn't stop eating at a restaurant just because you had a bad experience at one, right? You wouldn't stop eating at all restaurants. And, uh, and you know, the, the point, I, I understand the point that's being made, it, just because you have a bad experience with a body of people doesn't mean you should give up on all people. And, I, and so, uh, and I know the analogy breaks down a little bit because here we're talking about uh, people that you trust, people you're in a relationship with that let you down. And I understand that versus a restaurant experience. But we see the point, the stakes are actually higher when it comes to community and doing life with other people that uh, we should even that much more learn to, to step back in and, and trust even as hard as that is. And I know that some of you are doing that and I just want to honor that. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to stay somewhere where you're doormat, uh, where <laughs> you are experiencing abuse. No one would expect you to stay in a situation like that. But when I read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I see that God's healthy plan for us is to be a part of a body that is supportive and that works together. That's what God wants his church to be and how he wants his church to function. Now, one thing we have to remember is that relationships by nature do take work and oftentimes they can be messy, right? Uh, is New Hope, the church that I pastor here in the United States, is it a perfect family? Uh, no, I mean, as much as I wish that the people of New Hope would say, yes, it's a perfect group of people and a perfect, church family, right? I, I, I know that's not the case. I know that we have our moments. Is Stockholm Community Church and its leaders uh, perfect? Well, you know what? I know you and your leaders probably feel the same way. You want it to be. And you know what? At the, at the core, I, I could say this uh, about Stockholm Community Church. I know that you're a loving family, 
uh, I've heard about you. I, I know the, the testimony that's coming from, from your family. Um, we, we're a, a family that's committed to growing and learning together. And uh, we're a family that has leadership in place. That, that wants to fight for unity and fight for health. And I can say we because uh, I've just uh, been asked to, to, to be a part of, of uh, an overseer as of February uh, here at the church. And I'm sure that Pastor Brandon has mentioned that. And I'm, I'm honored to be a part. And so I say we uh, as the church. And, uh, and so uh, we want this, this body, this church, Stockholm Community Church, to be a body like Paul described a body where all of its members support one another and love one another and cheer on one another. Now, I'm going to make a statement that I think you may not, uh, may not like, but it, it doesn't mean that it's not true. Are you ready? It's this statement here, that it's not God's intention for us to be alone. It's not. And this goes all the way back to the very first humans that were alive on earth, right? In Genesis, the Bible tells us God made Adam, and he said, this is really good. I love my creation. Oh, but there's one thing. I don't like that he's alone, right? And so what did God do? God gave Adam Eve. He gave him someone to do life with because he said it's not good for man to be alone. And you would say, oh, but you know what? Uh, but I like being alone. I'm an introvert maybe by nature, right? I like my me time, my alone time, my quiet time, and, and to be by myself. And I, I get that 100%. But I also know that in order to fulfill the purpose that God has for us as a church, that we can't do it by ourselves. And so we have to make the choice that, to, that we're intentionally placing ourselves in community with other people. One of our staff pastors here, Pastor Annie Roberts, said as she was concluding our gathering a couple of weeks ago, uh, a book that she's reading called Find Your People by Jeannie Allen. She says this in the book that loneliness is now a greater threat to people's lives than heart disease or many other sicknesses. And when she told us that, my heart just sunk. Uh, because whether we want to believe it or not, God created us to have a longing, relation, a longing desire for relationships and a need for one another. And, uh, and we see that playing out in our world today. People are so alone and they need community. I was fascinated when I learned something about the sequoia redwood trees in California. If you've ever seen them or seen pictures of these trees, they're massive. The redwoods grow to be extremely tall and extremely, uh, uh, excuse me, extremely big. And, and in fact, the General Sherman tree is noted to be the, the largest uh, tree on earth. It's 275 feet tall and 25 foot in diameter. And it's thought to be over 2,500 years old. And something uh, that big, you would think, has to have a massive root system, right? But the truth is, it, it doesn't. In fact, they tell us that most redwood sequoia trees only have root systems that are about 6 to 12 foot deep. And so when you think about that, how can something so tall withstand high winds and earthquakes? And how can it you know, withstand storms and flooding and the interesting thing about the redwoods is that their root system is intertwined with the other trees' root systems. These trees literally hold each other up and they literally support each other. In fact, on accident, as they were beginning to clear some of them out to build some home developments, they begin to fall, watch some of these trees fall down on their own. And they're like, what's going on? Why are these trees falling? And then they realized it was because when they took out some of the trees, they removed the supports that the other trees had because now their friends were gone, their support systems were gone. And you know what? That's what it means to be in community. It's not perfect by any means, but we're there to support each other. We're there to do life together. We love each other. We're there to protect each other. 
As our text says in verse 26, when one part of the body suffers, every part of it suffers. But when one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And that's what it means to support others. That's what it means to be in community together. The second benefit I want us to see is that when we choose to be in community, we're sharper. You know, simply said, growth happens in groups, right? And I believe that's what happens. We, we always say this at New Hope, you know, we, we don't necessarily do life in rows, but life is done in circles. It happens in groups. And while I love that we come together to worship each weekend and look at God's word, I understand that a big part of growth happens when we do life with other people. And groups may look like 10 to 15 people, which sounds like a blast to me. And that may sound scary to others, right? That big of a group of people here at Stockholm Community Church. Uh, I've been told we've just kicked off groups, and so it's not too late for you to sign up and, and find a group of people to do life with. And that may be like 10 to 15 other people, uh, or understand a group is a couple of people too. You can, you can do life in a small group, but the point is, is don't do life alone. Find someone to grow with. Uh, there are a few things that happen that make us sharper when we're intentional about meeting with other people. First of all, we learn things from other people that we wouldn't otherwise know, right? The writer of Proverbs says it this way in Proverbs 27, 17, that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So let's face it, by ourselves, we're really one-dimensional. We only know what we know, but when we invite others to come and do life with us and we grow together, we are inviting them to come and share their wisdom and their gifts and their experiences with us. And, and so by our, our, on our own, we're very limited. But when we invite other people, uh, something powerful happens. And there are people who need to hear your story. There are people who need to know what you've learned. There are people who need to know. Um, and, and so don't, don't just think, oh, well, I can't teach. Uh, man, listen, what we need is just other people sharing life lessons and doing life together with others. It's more than just academic, um, but it's sharing our, our lives with other people. It reminds me of, of the scene in the movie, uh, The Incredibles, the Disney movie. Uh, if you've seen that, there's a family who, uh, they all realize they have superpowers. The dad is extremely strong, and then you have mom who's Elastigirl, and she's like elastic, right? And can, can be flexible and stretch. And then there's Violet who uh, is invisible and dash who's super fast. And then there's this baby Jack-Jack who has like all these crazy different, um, uh, different powers. And as they're fighting one day, Dash just says this. He says, I love our family. This is the best family vacation ever, right? As they're fighting crime together. And you know what? That's what it's like when we do life together, when we all bring our gifts and we're all a part of the body. Uh, it, it literally becomes the best thing ever. And so um, when we let other people in our lives, they help us grow. The second thing is they also help keep us accountable which is so very important because the reality is we all have blind spots in our lives. We all have areas of our lives that sometimes we can't see, but when we invite people in, we're giving them permission to learn us, to speak our language and to help us, right? And to, to keep us accountable. And, um, and so this only happens when we choose to do life with other people. So find a group. Find a group. And again, uh, here at Stockholm Community Church, uh, Pastor Brandon and Angela, the team, they're trying to make it easy by, by having uh, seasons of, of group signups. And so get signed up and do life with other people. And this last benefit as we close today is that when we choose to be in community, we're stronger. 
we are stronger. One of my favorite things about the body of Christ is that we're on a mission together, right? We have a purpose and uh, God has called us to serve our church family. He's placed us in our community to be arrows out and he's called us to love the people around us and he's also challenged us to make a difference around the world. And the beautiful thing is, is that we weren't meant to do it by ourselves. And so when we come together, we bring our gifts together, we're so much stronger. You know, there's this principle called synergy. And it says this, that when two or more things work together, they're able to produce a combined effect that's greater than the sum of their individual parts. A great example of this would be a team of workhorses. They tell us that one horse can pull 8,000 pounds by itself. And so when you put two together, you think, great, 8,000 and 8,000, that's 16,000 pounds, right? That's awesome. Well, you know what? It's even more exponential than that. When you bring the two together, it, they tell us that they can actually pull 24,000 pounds together. Why? Because it's synergy at work. The sum of them working together is greater than their individual parts. And you know, that's what happens in the body of Christ. When we work together, we can do so much more together than we can when we're just individually on the mission. You know, there's so many areas where you can plug in and be a part, whether it's kids ministry or youth ministry, the worship team, first impressions and, and being a greeter, uh, leading a community group, right? There's so many ways that you can be involved. And, you know, there's this common misconception that a church has every spot covered. Just because on a Sunday morning, uh, we as a church are really good at just making it happen. But the true thing is, uh, I know it's here at New, it's, it's true here at New Hope, and I'm pretty sure that it's probably true there as well, um, that uh, there's room for you. There's room for your giftings. And even if there isn't room as pastors and leaders, it's our job to make room. Uh, because the reality is, is that save people, serve people. And there's fulfillment found when you're serving and when you're using your gifts and you're bringing that strength to the body of Christ. You, you may have heard it said this way. It's one of my favorite quotes, that the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you discovered why. And there's a lot of truth to that, that Jesus didn't come to just forgive your sins. Oh, don't get me wrong. He did do that and it changed everything. But you know what? He also came to redeem you. He came to restore purpose back to your life. And, and, and you can live your life fulfilled knowing that you have a kingdom purpose. And without you on the team, we're missing a part of the body that we need. Without you, we're missing a, an arm. We're missing a leg. We're missing an ear, right? We need what you have to bring to this church family. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit this morning would begin to stir in your heart um, because this church needs what you have. And if everyone leaned in, if everyone used their gifts, we'd be even that much stronger. And back to the relationship side of things, I also want you to know there's something really powerful that happens when we link arms together and we serve together. There's something special that happens when as a team we have a shared mission. And when the wins that we're now experiencing are not just my wins, but they're our wins. When the fun moments are now our fun moments and memories that we get to share together. When we pray and we celebrate together. When we're in community serving together, we're stronger and we're better together. I'll close with this story on March 28th, 1990. NBA Hall of Famer Michael Jordan scored 69 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers and rookie Stacey King scored two points that game. 
And after the game, a reporter went into the locker room and found Stacy King sitting by himself. And, and he began to interview him in the locker room. And he asked him, he says, how does it feel to know that you scored two points tonight while Michael Jordan scored 69? And this is what Stacy King said, and I quote, he said, this is the night I will always remember when Michael and I teamed up to score 71 points, right? And I don't know about you, but sometimes that's the way it feels being on a team, right? Sometimes it feels like we're only making just a small little difference, contributing just a little bit. But remember that because we're teaming up together and because Jesus is on the team that we're on, we're a part of something that's so much bigger than we can even imagine. Our little combined with his much can become something incredible. And so sure, he does the big parts and we do the small parts, but he invites us to be on his winning team. And we get to do that together. So I just wanna encourage you to find that community that you can get rooted in and find those rhythms and those consistent uh, patterns that, uh, of community that you can be involved in and find groups to do life with, right? People who will sharpen you, people who will help you uh, and come alongside of you so that you can be stronger. I want to encourage you to get rooted today. Again, we, we, we were asking the question, why is community so important and why does it uh, what does it produce in our lives that doing life by ourselves will not uh, be able to accomplish and the answer is again we weren't meant to to do life alone we weren't meant to live our lives alone and one thing we see in scripture that shouts out loud to us the importance of community is that we see in the gospels that the only person who could ever done it alone by himself chose 12 other people his name was Jesus, right? And Jesus could have done it all by himself, but what did Jesus do? He called people to follow him. And that just shows us that, that there's something powerful about relationship. Was there drama in Jesus's group? <laughs> well, do you remember a guy named Simon Peter or a guy named Judas, right? Of course, there was drama, there was messiness in his group, but he still chose to do life and to do ministry with other people and to be in community. And in the same way, we need to be in community as well. Well, as we wrap up and we point to some takeaways today, maybe, maybe you're here and as we're talking about community of faith and we're talking about Jesus, maybe the first step for you is you would say, you know what, I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to begin a relationship with him. I wanna invite him into my life. And if that's you, I'm so excited. I wanna lead you in a prayer of faith today. And so you could pray this with me, Jesus, Today, I'd like to begin a relationship with you. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for my sin. I wanna spend eternity with you. I confess you're my Lord and my Savior, and I invite you in my life. And I ask you would lead me and guide me and help me. I wanna live my life with purpose for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, if that was you today, I want you to know we're so excited that you said yes to Jesus. And I wanna encourage you to find somebody today and tell them, find Pastor Brandon, Angela, some of the team, and let them know, I said yes to Jesus today. And they're gonna have some next steps for you and be able to point you into some important uh, directions of what, what to read in the Bible and what groups to be a part of and who to talk to and just some really key things that are gonna help you in your journey of faith. Maybe some other takeaways today. Maybe you'd say, you know what, this week I'm gonna choose community. Maybe that hasn't been something that's been important to you, but, but today God is stirring in your heart. You're gonna find people that are gonna help sharpen you, people who wanna keep you accountable. And so maybe, maybe it's signing up for a group. 
Um, I don't know what that looks like, but find some people. Maybe it's enlisting a couple of other people to do coffee with or to have lunch with once, once a week or a couple times a month, but find some community to do some people to do life with. And maybe you would say this, maybe your takeaway is you'd say, you know what, I want to exponentially increase my impact uh, for the kingdom of God by linking arms with other people. And so I've got to find a place to serve. I've got to find a place in the community, a team to be a part of. I've got to find a place here at Stockholm Community Church, a place to serve and plug in uh, and be a part of. Um, man, uh, by all means, I would encourage you to, to find out if that's you, how you can plug in at, at the church and be a part and do life with other people. Hey, as I wrap up and I hand it back off to Pastor Brandon and the team, uh, before I go, I just one more time wanna say a prayer uh, for you and, and uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you for those that are here today and for this time that we've had in, in your word. And I, Lord, my prayer is, is that you would move us to action, that we would realize, God, that we're so much better together and that you have a plan and a purpose for us to do life together and to make an impact for you. Lord, it's all about the kingdom. And Lord, my prayer as I've been praying here in Washington, Lord, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done, Lord, in Washington, in Puyallup, here in our city, as it is in heaven. I pray that for Stockholm, God, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done in Stockholm, Sweden, as it is in heaven, God. And I just pray that you would use the people, the amazing people of this church, God, this team, Lord, to be your hands and feet and to go and to do what you're calling them to do. So God, I pray that you would uh, stir them and spur them on, Lord, and move them to action this week, Lord, to find community so that they could then make a great impact for you and for your kingdom. God, we love you and thank you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, family.